0: So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hi, this is Lisa and I have a new guest with me here today. And I think our first international guest ever. Uh, please welcome Stu. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> um, and Stu, uh, if you wanted to introduce yourself really quick, just tell the audience a little bit about you.
1: Uh, I'm Stuart Little. And as you can tell from my accent, I am Scottish, uh, specifically from Glasgow. Uh, I am also a podcaster in my own right. Uh, I do uh, a wrestling podcast on the Podcast Network, which is www.podcast.net, and I specifically uh do a show called nxt titans uh which covers the weekly WWE developmental brand nxt um and uh, yeah and uh you know i'm a big movie lover and i yeah, i've been a big fan of this show ever since been, i've been calling it by i believe it was scott from the from uh the suicide squad when he was on mm-hmm. uh when mm-hmm. he promoted his one of his guest spots and yeah uh, yeah i really uh really glad to be here uh so thank you for that.
0: Oh, yes. I'm so glad we uh, connected, you know, just because we are in different time zones. It makes it a little bit tough for us to make sure yes. that we're on the same page. So I'm so glad you worked with me on that. And thanks for being patient and persistent. <laughs> and, That's okay. Uh, yeah. And I really appreciate it. Well, um, what movie are we discussing today?
1: Uh, we're going to be discussing then the 1980s uh, cult fantasy action uh, thriller? Well, it was a thriller, but uh, Highlander!
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Highlander. Awesome. Well, um, so I'm going to be up front with you, and I know I've said this on a couple episodes. I don't think I've ever seen Highlander all the way through. Like, I'm very aware of it, and I've seen, yeah. I think, bits and pieces probably on TV, but I've never really sat down and watched the original Yeah, I I remember even there being like the Highlander TV show, and I I think I've seen an episode or two, but without context, it was kind of hard to to dive in, so this movie probably would have been a lot better for me to watch all the way through to completely understand. So when you picked this, I was kind of excited, because I was like, oh, I'm finally going to sit down and watch this all the way through. So so I'm admitting that to you, this is my first time. But for you, when did you first see this movie?
1: Well, it's interesting you bring up the TV show and all that, because it has been kind of a convoluted uh way around to, to when I first <laughs> saw it because uh I believe yeah I believe I actually saw the second movie, High Under Two, The Quickening, uh yeah. first. Which yeah, from that reaction, yeah, you're right. That it, it was that very it was a very odd <laughs> follow-up. <laughs> um but, like, uh, before that, I, I was vaguely aware of osmosis. all a lot of certain details about it. That, you know, that, there can be only one,
0: uh, Oh, for sure.
1: ...catchphrase and, like, sort so stuff. And, like, Sean Cornyn was in it in some degree. Um, so I I did watch it. Uh, I, I, yeah, so eventually, yeah, I did catch the second movie on television uh, mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. And, like, I, I, I hadn't seen the first one. And then I saw the TV series, uh, uh, which... Uh, you were saying you did. Have you seen much of the television series?
2: Not a
0: whole lot. I think I've caught an episode here and there, but it was a yeah. little bit tough to jump in and know exactly what was going on. Uh, like yeah. I said, without kind of watching it all the way through, you know, I got the basics of it. Like you're saying, there could yeah. be only one. I, I understood they were immortal, but I, not enough to really understand all the, I guess, lore in the in, in
1: the yeah. story. Yeah. Well. That's probably an d- advantage because as the series went on and there's more sequels and television shows, the continuity of, of the <laughs> universe is rather confusing and contradictory. Um, and television show in particular, like, is, is, like, the television show, Like is, is, I, is, I, do remember, I do remember it fondly uh, because um, it was just very, it was just very, it was, like, very much a, a, a it was much, like, yeah, the, the general idea of the, of the movie done as a weekly television show, main character is an Immortal Highlander, uh, not not Colin McLeod in this case, but his cousin Duncan McLeod. But uh, Christopher oh. Lambert, Chris Christopher Lambert was in the pilot episode to sort of introduce them and like give context and all that. I see. Uh,
2: okay.
1: And, like, and so basically, the TV series was was uh, basically like usually every week Duncan would um, uh, stumble upon some sort of mystery and like
2: mm-hmm.
1: another immortal would be wrapped up in it, and he'd end up having to fight them usually. And there was like a lot of other things added to the lore and the mythology. Um, and it's quite interesting, like when you go back and watch the the, the original movie, um, like certain things that I, I sort of took for granted has been always there as part of the mm-hmm. uh, the thing aren't, aren't really made uh, obvious um, or, or aren't really explicit, uh, and I'm not even sure if they were really in, in, introduced at all in the, in the the main movies at all. Well, well at least until the third one, actually. There was there still wasn't, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I was like, yes, yeah, so all that, right? And then. And then eventually, it did. the The original movie did come on television, so I watched. I uh, watched that end for the first time.
0: And, oh, gotcha! It's a roundabout kind of way of yeah. finding the original. Okay, okay.
1: So, so yeah, finally, and then yeah, yeah, and and yeah. So I did find because it was it was it was it was a trend because when I watched the movie for the first time, um, and as you as you call, it opens up with uh, the Queen song, Princess of the Universe." That's actually mm-hmm. used as a theme song in the movie in the television series. Oh, and, uh, okay. And, that was pleasant. so just coming into it from the television series first. I was very pleasantly um, pleasantly su- pleasant surprised by that. Uh, but yeah, and like so yeah, that's that's the roundabout, convoluted way I got. To, <laughs> I got things gotcha. gotcha.
0: Okay, so we kind of had sort of the same approach in a way. Yeah. <laughs> All and right. like,
1: and like obviously the appeal really uh, is that <laughs> I'm, as 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 in town Scottish, and uh, we don't get a lot of. Like there's not we don't get a lot of focus in, in media and like when we do it tends to like fall really fall under two sort of categories uh, very grim and gritty stuff like train spotting mm-hmm. or or it's very like historical sort of um, tourism based like hi- like braveheart and while there's certainly elements of the art in, in Highlander um, it's also it also has a unique like sort of fantasy action thing uh, mm-hmm. to it um, that I really appreciate. Uh, as well
0: <laughs> man that's a really good point i hadn't thought of it that way i feel like especially in america when we focus on anything sort of over in the uk it's always either british or irish like almost never scottish anything so yeah yeah so i mean you're 100 right there i hadn't even thought of it that way but because right, yeah.
1: uh, as as very much about yeah even though we hear here as very much like that um with our uh media because like the the uh it is very mo- like like generally british tends to mean english uh and like the british media is very um c- centralized on the english happenings mm-hmm. and like so well we have our own regional television shows and stuff uh we, you wouldn't get we don't really get something that's dedicated that is like really particularly big budget or or, or anything like that. Um we, we have we have our own comedies we have our own dramas. Um but you would never there's not like a BBC Scotland version of Doctor Who, for instance. Right,
0: right. Gosh, yeah, yeah. So you guys need some more representation. I and I even feel, you know, just from my perspective, that I have a better idea of um like what Ireland even looks like or what what London looks like, you know, or the UK um England, I mean um and not so much scottish i'm like i it's green in my mind <laughs> like i don't have a lot of references for that because there's it's yeah. not in popular media a lot you're you're absolutely right that is, right. That is really um, interesting yeah
1: but yeah it's like as again like yeah so it, it, it's as nice when, when something comes along with a bit more substance and is, is a little bit more uh, varying than just he's uh, oh, like some sort of spe- some sort of like cashette or some sort of right. like depressing
0: more modern too. Um, like you're yeah. saying I mean you know representing a little bit more you know you guys now and not so much yeah. as historical yeah. characters. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no, no, are you, are you are you aware of the television show Outlander? Uh,
0: you know what I that's a show that I've been really wanting to sit down and see. But I haven't watched an episode yet. No, there's so many that, shows that I'm trying to catch up on. It's it's hard.
1: <laughs> that's another good thing because it's it as it read a lot of it it's story is rooted in um, Scottish Highland clan stuff and the, the, the Jacobite rebellion and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But it, it's also it's also a fant- a fantasy drama time traveling uh, period. <laughs> It's there's a lot of different genres mixed into that show, and it covers a lot of different areas. Uh, and it's a really good show. Uh, and like, it, I've actually learned a lot about like some Scottish history through that, oh, wow, um, cool. as well. From through Outlander, through Outlander. But it's also quite funny that watching Outlander was, uh, and like watching Highlander, you didn't realize that there's certain, uh, <laughs> there's like certain strange par- parallels beyond just the names having some uh-huh. similar. Like for instance, um, in, in Outlander, the concerns with the, the the clan Fraser and and oh, really? Highlander, and Highlander though in the battle scene in Highlander, they're actually fighting the Fraser clan. So yeah, yeah, as, a, as an Outlander fan, I was like, oh, "That's funny."
0: <laughs> yeah, I noticed that when I was watch because I watched a uh, Highlander. By the way, I want to mention to you guys is the original movie is free on Amazon Prime right now. I found out, so I I went and looked at that, and it was suggesting things to me. And one of the things it suggested was was Outlander. So yeah. So I, I I thought there must be some connection, either by genre or maybe more. It sounds like a little bit more. So I will. I'm yeah. I'm going to check that out then. It's, That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The pre- the premise of Outlander is a uh, 1940s. Uh, I, I can't remember she's a nurse or a, or a battle medic, but she she came back from the war, and her and her. Uh, husband they, they were both serving the war but in different positions um and they try to get back together they try, they try to like refine our, the, the relationship uh by go, going to second honeymoon in the islands mm-hmm. but while there, the wife uh the main character uh claire claire she um gets magically tra- tra- transported back in time 200 years to the 1700s scotland and she meets another she meets uh she, gets, she basically gets involved in, in a whole lot, a whole big conflict at that, that time, and uh, we'll try to get back. And it, it extrapolates quite wildly from, from that as, as the seasons go on, but it is it's a good show and very really, good. Okay, uh, I
0: need to check it out. I need to check it out. Okay, well, um, for uh, Highlander, I think the next thing I'm going to do is go ahead and just read the synopsis really quick. Yes. Um, and then we'll kind of dive in from there. All right, so Highlander 1986. Uh, when the mystical Russell Nash kills a man in a sword fight in a New York City parking lot he leaves a sliver of an ancient weapon lodged in a car in the process after brilliant forensic specialist Brenda Wyatt recovers evidence of the mysterious weapon she and her partner Lieutenant Frank Morin embark on an investigation of Nash that will land them in the middle of a dangerous centuries old feud between powerful immortals
1: yeah I mean yeah. <laughs> I mean as it, it kind of puts a little bit it kind of bars the lead a little bit it makes it sound like more of like a police procedural like like, trying to discover this but uh that is that is accurate yeah it's
0: accurate but no matter what the synopsis never really captures the movie very well We'll, we're gonna dive into that next um i I do have a couple quick facts i'm gonna share and if you want to throw in like one or two and then we'll kind of go through i know it's sort of when we do the the quick facts it kind of can bleed into some of the other areas as well so we'll kind of you know, yeah, run through those. But uh, the first quick fact that I had was the filmmakers were shocked to find out after signing a contract for Christopher Lambert to play Connor McLeod uh, that he spoke absolutely no English.
2: And I yes, thought that was
0: interesting. I-, I picked up on it, not having seen the movie before when I was watching it, it, it seemed odd to me or like sometimes his delivery. I thought you could kind of tell there was either a disconnect or he was struggling with it. So when I read yeah. that, I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." I I had that thought the whole movie. He didn't sound Scottish, you know. <laughs> to yeah. me, So yeah.
1: Um. What, you mean? Do you mean? You mean even in the flashbacks or, or like in the, the present day? Because the, pre- the it actually makes sense for the present day that his character would have a very, uh, difficult to, to pin down accent. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree with that. I just, I just felt that. Uh, and, and I know they worked on the accent with him to kind of come up with yeah. that um, because yeah, right, you're correct. Um, if he's from you know a long time ago, he's not going to sound like someone uh, from the area that he was in modern day or anything. Uh, well, uh, I, I just mean ahead. the
1: fact he's, he's 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 went and lived in different places all for like centuries, so That's he's probably true, picked yeah. up a lot of different things bleeding into his accent mm-hmm. as well. So because yeah, he, but... he, he, oh, go ahead. It's addressed. Sorry, sorry. It's it's as addressed like when he's asked like. Uh, where are you from? And says lots of places. And that's, I think that's their way of hand waving it a little bit. Uh, it's quite sure. a clever one. You know? Yeah.
0: For sure. And, and I think too, but it seemed like, I know they kind of worked on crafting what it was going to sound like. And, but I think it sounds a little bit authentic, right? Like I feel yeah. that you can kind of pick up on that. The actor is not either yeah. um, that he's like not American, that he's not yeah. Scottish, that something else. So i I thought that was interesting when I read that part. Uh, the, the other quick fact I had was that, uh, you know, Queen originally intended to record only one song for the film, but after reviewing the footage from the movie, they were inspired to write more. Um, the band members each had a favorite scene and composed songs specifically for them. Uh, Brian May wrote, who wants to live forever during the cab ride after seeing the film? And Roger Taylor used the line, it's a kind of magic as the basis for the end title song yes yeah and i did not realize that i think i actually didn't realize that queen was tied so closely to this movie in general so that was that was really interesting uh
1: did did you watch the uh music video for princes of the universe oh no i didn't
0: i i I watched uh, Uh, some behind the scenes footage some clips and i can send some of those to you as well but i i did uh, not see that i'm gonna have to go look at that now
1: it's very funny because they are it's they're actually playing at the silver Cups. Oh, um, gotcha! Place from the climax is, is, and uh, Christopher Lambert appears in it. Yeah. And there's at one point he's him and Freddie Mercury have a have a brief uh, duel where he he he's like he's like he's that movie sword and uh, Freddie blocks it with his microphone stand.
0: Oh, gotcha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and see that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so so that's pretty much all I had for my quick facts. Did you have like a quick fact you wanted to uh, yeah. jump in? Yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah, I was interested to find that uh, the original name of the script was The Dark Knight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny too. I was like, oh, well, that's." I'm, I'm kind of glad they changed it to High- Highlander.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it
0: makes sense. I, was- I mean, <laughs> it does fit the oh, title yeah. too.
1: And uh, another fact that you'll probably find ridiculous is that Sean Connery apparently actually had the voice coach.
0: For his... Oh, for his for for him being for his
1: non-existent Spanish accent. I know it's sp- like
0: okay, well, it didn't. I don't know if it was effective because I didn't pick <laughs> up on a Spanish accent. But um, I mean, I guess they kind of they kind of hand wave that too by saying, well, he's also Egyptian, or don't they mention that too in the movie? He was yeah, yeah, he's
1: yeah. A, he was originally Egyptian and mm-hmm. adopted a uh, Spanish uh alias later on um but uh also funny thing is that in, uh, the movie uh, int- int- is introduced with uh, him doing a voiceover uh mm-hmm. talking about immortals and uh, he's got an echo and I was reading that apparently the reason it's got an echo is that he recorded it in in, in the bathroom of his Spanish villa. <laughs>
0: I heard that too. That's so funny.
1: <laughs> and the studio went with that because they they weren't they couldn't they didn't pick up on that being when they when they heard the audio.
0: Yeah, they heard it like over the phone, so they, they yeah. didn't know there was like a big echo. But
1: yeah. hey, you but know it what?
0: It's yeah, it's ambiance. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I think it worked yeah. well. Um, I guess the next thing I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit. Um, I wrote down the name of the director, Russell Mulcahy. I, yeah. I went through kind of his uh, credits. I didn't see. A lot of other big name movies besides Highlander 2, but um, it looks like he had a really big presence in the music video scene, which makes sense, because I feel like this is around the time when that starts happening kind of a lot uh, in the film world. So uh, he did a lot for, was it like for Queen, for uh, Duran Duran?
1: Um, Yeah, when John... He did the music video for "Video Killed the Radio Star" and "Tom right. Japanese," and mm-hmm. uh, and you can really, t- you can actually tell from like the movie that he that he was like a, vi- a music video director because there's, there's a lot of uh, style style in it. The way certain things are played off, and like there's, there's definitely certain moments that like are just like done for coolness' sake. Uh, like in the climax when all the windows explode at once, yeah. it's like that's that's <laughs> totally a moment you would put in a music video, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but also stuff like uh, uh, just like there's, there's a lot of interesting things like uh, when uh, early on in the movie when when Connor tries to escape the parking lot in the car and there's there's, there's a car there's a there's a camera mounted right behind him mm-hmm. and it's basically tracking him as he's like driving out and uh, or uh, and and, and just yeah it was a surprise like really paying attention how much like cinematography there was uh, to certain things
0: oh for sure no I agree it was highly stylized and it, it definitely felt like a music video. Yeah. um, in a lot of the scenes, I thought, but I yeah. thought that was really interesting. It seems like he does, he, after that too, he did a lot of TV as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then for, uh, Christopher Lambert, kind of the same thing. I didn't see a whole lot on his yeah. resume. Um, the, the thing that stood out to me the most was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, yeah, he, um, he, yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he like, but prior to this, he actually played Tarzan in a That's more right. dramatic interpretation. <laughs> I've seen that, and for what I remember, uh, yeah, I remember he was he was he was he was good in that. Um but it was it was a very it was very much like it was not like a very it was not wasn't an adventure driven version of Tarzan. It was more about the relationship between having a and Jane and, and Tarzan's uh like being having like an animal nature but being, being taken to more civilised place. Uh yeah. uh But like I do think like, he I do think like he he is very much like the the like the perfect part this because he has this intensity mm-hmm. to him
0: he does uh, he's very intense yeah his his gaze is like very yeah. and you get you get the sense that he's not just human you know like yeah he does give off like a, an aura or a vibe throughout the film and yeah i do think it's really effective i think i think he's well cast in this role this role really works for him um yeah. and uh you know we kind of alluded to earlier about him not speaking a lot of english it's because yeah. he was born here but he was raised over in Switzerland and France, correct? Yeah, 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 something and like so, that. Yeah. And so he didn't really have, yeah. you know, a big English vocabulary. But it was effective. I mean, he did yeah. really well in the movie, and I like him in the part. So it kind of gives him but, that otherworldliness um, quality. So, so I appreciated it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I, I always like it when he when I when, I, when, he, when he when he pops off in something. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, he does. He
0: does a lot of like cameos and and things beca- because of the cult status of this film.
1: Yeah, yeah but he was it was also like randomly appeared in uh, *Hail Caesar*, the Coen Brothers movie. As I
0: saw that, I saw that. I'm like, I'm gonna go ha- have to go back and and watch it now because I don't remember. But there's he, so many he characters was, in that movie.
1: He was the director that was a, the likely father of Scarlett Johansson's character's uh, <laughs> child. Oh
0: okay 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 oh my gosh i'm gonna go back and like look think, at that scene okay i
1: think he was the director of the and the scene where this the big musical number with uh channing yes. tatum he's a director on that
0: oh yes. okay awesome okay
1: which is also funny because clancy brown is also in that movie as well <laughs> in a minor part well, sport role as well
0: oh wow okay okay that's yeah. really cool i'm gonna go have, have to go back and see that that's really that's a really good like easter egg um yeah so next, I kind of wanted to dive into Sean Connery. We've covered him quite a bit on this show, honestly, because we did uh, The Last Crusade, The Rock. We haven't done one of his Bond films yet, but I feel like we will. <laughs> he's yes. just a guy that's, you know, big in cinema and was on the scene, just had a long career. Um, and I think, he's, I think he's great in this movie. Um, I really, really like his character.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, certain problematic aspects of <laughs> oh, they kept the background, they kept to the character, the idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. It, it's it's very strange, like because it seems obvious that they, they they cast him because we're making a movie with with a certain Scottish centric uh, story. But so they obviously like, want to get the most famous Scottish actor in the world, but then they have play a character that has no connection to Scotland.
0: Yeah, that uh, is weird, and and it's kind of like if you hire Sean Connery. You're getting Sean Connery. I mean, yes. You're not getting anyone else. So, <laughs> so it's like, why hire him and then have the character be Spanish? I don't know. <laughs> but, but you kind of just go with it. <laughs> and that aside, you can enjoy it. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, um, I was thinking next we could kind of go go through the plot a little bit. I know you kind of wanted to to go through it chronologically. We kind of talked about that before we started recording, just because there's so many flashbacks in this movie. And, you know, certain aspects of it yeah. are kind of important to go and focus on it that way. So so why don't you go ahead and start? Um, we can start about uh, talking about the opening scene. Just your thoughts yeah. on that.
1: So, yeah, we, we open, of course, with uh, Sean Connery's uh, voiceover, broadly talking about the Highlanders. Well, sorry, the, the mortals, like, always being there. Uh, and, like, the ending, the American Way one. And uh, we get the, the glorious opening strains of "Best of the Universe by Queen. Yes, um, yes. Before we cut to we've to Madison Square Garden where uh, Connor is uh, in attendance uh at a wrestling show. Um which uh, interestingly is when we first get the hints of uh, his backstory is uh, the violence in the ring is like kept keeps coming from that to like brief snippets of him fight, uh, fighting in battle uh in the past. Uh before he uh, gets up and like leaves. Um to go to the parking lot, uh, where he uh, meets uh, another strange man who's wearing sunglasses at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, uh, I
0: noticed that. I noticed
1: uh, that. Yeah. Name name Fazil, uh, who's played by um some. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name, uh, but he's apparently a prolific stunt stunt actor. Um, he's been in Star Wars and. Okay,
0: I didn't recognize him right away, but that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, to that, uh, yeah, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, they just uh, like Connor actually wants, wants to talk first, but uh, the actually just pulls a sword on him straight away and starts attacking him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then it's on, and uh, so yeah, so it was like what really struck me about it? it was like re watching it is that like realizing that for the first like 30 minutes of the movie, uh, is 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 they build a lot of mystique and intrigue about what's going on exactly, um uh and uh because you don't you don't really know what what the context is for this fight mm-hmm. um and uh and like connell's general and well general intense intensity and like some 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 would say creepiness at certain
0: points <laughs> yeah with, yeah with make, i could see that i could see that but yeah he's just intense and you're kind of every, yeah. mm, you kind of as everything. the movie goes on you sort of understand why he yeah. is the way he is yeah
1: yeah, but but at the start, like for all you know there could be a lot more seven star undertones there when that's going on than what it ends up being. But uh, yeah, they, they have they have quite a big uh, uh, fight um, in the parking lot, um, which I thought was like really cool because they used used the atmosphere of the parking lot, the darkness, um, and all the different nooks and to hide in, mm-hmm. uh, and like uh, the steam. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of steam in this movie popping up out of mango <laughs> covers and everything. Again, anyway, again. That's probably from a music video. It uh, is, but well. I also
0: feel that it's a little bit like '80s and '90s. Like it sort of reminded me yeah. of like the Ninja Turtle movie. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like that whole like steam yeah. coming out is is sort of either that time period or maybe even sort of reminded me of like a play too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just it it, it it's in- indicative, I think, of like the time yeah. it was made
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was actually reminded of a, of a play when um when corner kills visual and uh the quick happens happens the first time and he's bathed in a spotlight and I did that and like the way it's like shot from the angle, it did. It did certainly feel like like the way they would stage something like that or mm-hmm. on on a, a, a theatre. Um but yeah uh it's also interesting like you kinda know notice for the first time uh with this fight that uh with all the sort of fighting like all all different fighters have different styles. Um, yeah like, yeah Cornell is very uh, rooted in the Japanese style, and like he fights two-handed with his katana. And whereas Fazil has got like a sort of uh its not really—it's not really a rapier, um, but it's like a—it's like it's a more old-fashioned like mid-sixteen, seventeen hundreds sword, and he fights one-handed, and it's more of a swashbuckly pencil style. Um, yeah. Also, also, he also Fazio, uh, uses a lot of gratuitous backflipping, <laughs> you know <laughs> so you know, just which, which is like another big hallmark of nineteen uh, eighties and nineteen nineties action. Yeah, definitely. Because why, why run somewhere if you can backflip? Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like yeah, it was very uh, I guess theatrical, and in this scene as it opened up, I was I was kind of like. I mean, they just sort of throw you right in. Like, I think yeah. I had a lot of questions like, you know, does the fact that he was at this fight, was that somehow related? Which, you know, like later you kind of understand that not really. It's sort of at any moment, at any time, they could challenge each other if they wanted to. Um, but I think it definitely, yeah, like you're saying, after the fight, it's not clear to me that he's a good guy yet um, at all. Yeah. It's it, it The whole thing is very intense. And then he flees or he tries to run away. Yeah, but then um, he's caught. Also, all the cars like exploding, uh, all the glass yeah. out of them and stuff. I was kind of like, huh, I wonder how all that's gonna play in. I-, I did get, I did understand the whole like energy entering him aspect yeah. of it, but you know, I was like, what are they gonna do next? But of course, I can't really prove that he killed him because I guess there were no cameras in there, <laughs> right. and you know, it- it's like, how would someone even do that? They don't find a sword right away, um, and so they kind of, you know, that that doesn't end up working out that way but yeah right away I was kind of like well what's this going to lead into next
1: yeah, yeah. and uh, I'd also like to talk about uh, the way Colonel's dressed as well it's like it's very distinctive, <laughs>
2: yeah. and it's like
1: it's very because it looks like a long coat looks cool and it's, it's pretty much part of the iconography like Highlander that he always like sort of dresses like that like uh-huh. coat. but also thank you on it Um, it's very practical for the fact that he's having to walk around with a sword that's the,
2: true the, 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 that's the, true like,
1: <laughs> and like you know as well later on that when Corgan Corgan doesn't walk about with a big long jacket, so when he has to take his cot saw around, he actually has to de- deconstruct it and put it inside a case and then put it together. Yeah, it.
0: seems inconvenient if you have to yeah. uh, spur of the moment do a battle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, but yeah, but but back to like like Cornell's like yeah, the, the the ambiguousness of what's going on is like Cornell like when Cornel showed up he didn't actually want to go straight to the fight and he was basically defending himself. Mm-hmm. But then once he disarms Fazile Uh, And if he was actually, he then just like straight up cuts his head off. So as arguably murder. uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's It's like
0: you understand why he did it, but at the same time, it's very brutal. Like you know, he he didn't really. I mean, he does kind of try to talk him down, but it's not like a a big, you know, conversation. So I, I think just in the context later in the film, it it really makes sense why that happened that way. Because I mean, he knows the. Motive and intention, but we as the audience don't know that yet, so it kind of yeah. leaves a little bit of a mystery for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, from, so uh, from that, uh, yeah, so the, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much like the beginning of the movie and when he gets arrested, uh, which mm-hmm. I think then is immediately the followed by the first, like, real fat flashback.
0: That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah.
1: To uh, the, the the Clan MacLeod sorry, the Clan MacLeod Castle, uh, mm-hmm. and him, him and his clansmen uh, leaving uh, to go off on their uh, first, well, for, for Connor's, this first battle. Uh, and uh, just just as clansman and his like girlfriend at the time. Uh, and uh, did you did you recognize by the way Angus one of his uh friends?
0: No, I didn't. No, I don't. I don't think I recognized a whole lot of people in this no. movie. who he was here.
1: Uh, he well well Angus is the one who later on like helped him get out of the alive, right? Uh, oh, but he, okay. That, that's, that's James Cosmo who he's in a lot of like Scottish stuff. He's he was in he was in he played a similar role in Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, he was also a Lord Commander Mormon in Game of Thrones.
2: Oh, um,
0: okay, oh, oh Mormon. And, oh oh my gosh. Okay, okay, okay.
1: And, and uh he was Renton's dad in train spotting.
0: Man, I need to go back and and, and revisit that then. And he I, was also... Braveheart especially. I don't think I've seen Braveheart in like ten years, but but I saw Train Spotting, you know, this past year, yeah. but I did not recognize him. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so and cool. He, yeah.
1: And he was, of course, in Wonder Woman last year playing the, the general right. that Diana gives the business to. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Well, you yeah, know what? So, I'm glad I'll, he's yeah. working. He's still working.
1: <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's just like if something's Scottish, then good chances are that he's in it. And like, yeah. Because he did come in Scotland, of course, and uh, mm-hmm. that's, that was a real castle. Yeah. And such, uh, so wow. Cool.
0: Man, I would love to go to Scotland. That would be so cool. I would love to see all, yeah. those, all those places. Um, but, yeah, and it's in, like, the 15th century. Um, yeah. Uh, when they're having this this battle at the time. Um, yeah. I didn't realize it was his first, but I guess they do say that. that it's like his first yeah. time going out into battle. Okay, okay. And he's yeah. just, and- at this point, we just know that he's in a clan and that they're yeah. in a battle. We don't know much more than that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess the Fraser clan. And we, we see the first battle and uh, it's also when we first introduced to uh, the Corgan, uh, played by right. uh, Clancy Brown, who's uh, a, pro- a prolific that guy actor. Uh, but also like uh, really well known for his voice work. Um, oh,
0: okay.
1: He he was uh he was uh, uh Lex Luthor uh, in the DC animated universe.
0: Really? Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Okay, and that's was, really
0: cool.
1: I think he's I think he voices a character in, in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> and he was uh, also in like for Ragnarok, he was the voice of Souter, Uh oh. the big red big demon, and that, so yeah. So yeah, he's uh and like of course uh, we also also you also might know him from uh, playing the 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 vicious guard from Trossack Redemption. Gotcha.
0: Well. So kind of like a character actor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Very cool.
1: And uh yeah, we should talk a little bit about Clancy Brown in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Cause I think yeah, he's like an amazing like he's really goes goes for it playing mm-hmm. this utterly despicable sadistic. Uh,
0: Yes. He's so incredibly evil and but there's something like fun about it and later on we'll get into some of the scenes later, but it's like he's definitely a bad guy you love to hate. I mean he's like pure evil. He's he's larger than life. I think he did a really, really good job with that. Especially since Connor, as we've talked about before, he's a little bit more like his performance is a little more subtle. Um he's very intense, he's very serious, and then Kurgan is like pretty much the opposite of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) he's uh yeah, and like he's like, I'm kind of sad that we don't get to see more of like that awesome armor he has on. That's world. true. I know he but, looks uh,
0: really cool. He looks so cool in the first part that I kind of didn't realize that was him later. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I put it together. I was like, oh, okay, that's that guy. But like, he looks so dramatically different uh, in present. Yeah. I mean, they all do, but he especially. You kind of wish he could have kept that armor. I, I get why he didn't. It's a little conspicuous, but but
1: I still kind of wish for it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool sort of plot point that. Uh, mm-hmm. Corgan was there at Connor's beginning, and he's basically right. been trying to hunt them for these centuries. And mm-hmm. uh, connor has got reason to like really want to get him, uh, kill him by the end. But yeah, um, and like, as it as, like again when he actually shows up in the present day, uh, before they like finished fully, fully fin- finished fully explaining all the, the backstory, it's like it adds more to the intrigue when he shows up. Because I, I do think that like to some degree, what what goes on with him in the present day is inspired by Terminator, because like sure, both the way yeah. the way he looks and like. That whole stuff with the with the hotel, the motel stuff seems very much inspired by all the, the motel stuff from Terminator, and, like the, it the does. Uh, intimidation and like even like he's leaving the place and it's like dun 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 <laughs> <on> soundtrack. <laughs>
0: yeah, it definitely does. I I will admit I wasn't thinking about that necessarily when I was watching it, but when I, when I went back and read about it, I was like, oh yeah, I, I heard there there was some like criticisms that was too similar, but I don't think so. I think it definitely calls back to it, and it does. Sort of myriad, but not. I mean, the movie's so different that I think yeah. it's different enough. It's just, it, it makes revisiting that kind of fun, not necessarily yeah. just like copying it, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, obviously, we get this whole thing in the movie where it introduces the the whole fact that Connor's like a murder suspect. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how Brenda comes into the uh, storyline because she's a forensic specialist, but she's also a metallurgy expert and she's fascinated by the. Um, the fragment she finds of a sword that mm-hmm. indicates that uh like cause she ages it and she finds out that it's been like the steel was folded like so many times and like that's inconsistent with what is known about history of sword making that she like she's really so that's that's funny. She's she's only really following Connor because uh she wants to find out about the sword, not because she's like trying to discover if this guy's a serial killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's not she's uh her priorities are focused on swords. <laughs> yeah. And yeah,
1: and uh we also have like uh, not as mu- not in the movie as much as like um, you'd expect. There's, like like uh, Alan North is the detective uh, looking at investigating the the models. Um, and uh, we- when I think about it as well, like North as well, like that that whole plot strand is really uh, completely unresolved at the end of the movie as well because he's <laughs> the scenes. And it's really just some some of it just does feel like exposition. It uh, does, yeah. Just- right, but uh, I think it's also fun the fact that Alan North this. Uh, they get a little bit of comedy about the fact that Alan Norris is just like, he's not, he's really not, he can't be bored with all the, the fantastic ones of it. He just thinks it's some wacko when he's trying to discover what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and you have the other stuff where they go and in, interview in the gun nut <laughs> later on in the movie, and he apparently tells them about the, the quickening witness and they're just like, eh, whatever, see you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, they're
0: like, oh, you're crazy. We don't have to take this yeah. seriously. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like again to, to like Connor's creepiness is that when like when Brenda revisits the crime scene, he's there as well to get, to get his heart back. And when he notices when like when she's when he sees her, he then falls out of a bar. And I, I, I'm like, i only thing I can really assume is that he was basically trying to scare her off looking into this any further. Uh, but she's sure. like, I'd, I'd really like to walk you home tonight, Brenda. <laughs> it's
0: like, <laughs> yeah, it's like she should have been like, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think of it that way. But yeah, if she sees the guy at the crime scene again, like where he may have murdered someone, that should send yeah. some red flags to her. That maybe it's not related to the swords. <laughs> but it doesn't, uh fortunately, yeah. uh for, for the audience, I guess, because then they would probably have to spend a lot of time explaining all that as well. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> And yeah, we should fall back at this point where they really start to go into more of the backstory and uh we see how Connor um, died fighting the Corgi in the battle, but he was saved before he could be beheaded um, mm-hmm. by him. Uh, and his like recovery from it was like so fantastical, and miraculous that uh, his girlfriend basically accuses him of being uh, uh, in league with Lucifer, uh, and he's like accused of uh, witchcraft and and all sorts of things. Um, and uh, it's interesting that watching watching back is that yeah, you can you can you can you can see like uh, his girlfriend is like really really. Uh, invested in getting him killed and i think it's probably
0: weird to me like i i I thought she turned on him so fast i get you know it makes sense like sometimes when you're watching a movie for the first time you're kind of or at least i am like a little bit behind in some ways (laughs) like i i think i didn't pick up on right away the fact that it was his first battle so, of course, like, I mean, it, it was a huge injury and it should have killed him. But also he doesn't know he's immortal at that point either because yeah. um, he's never been to battle before. So there's really wasn't an opportunity for him to almost die before. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I found her her turning on him so quickly strange. And then you're right. She is like the loudest voice of let's kill him. And then I was yeah. like, and why? Don't,
1: yeah, don't, well, the way I figure it is that she feels that if... Um, Eventually people are gonna to come to that conclusion anyway. And if they mm. and if they accuse him, then they're gonna accuse her of That's being true. the same. So she's just she's just really Just being protecting really herself, yeah. In, to protect herself, yeah, especially in that time period. Um as well. So yeah, so so like yeah, so Connor's like totally heartbroken the fact that he's uh nobody, nobody believes that he's really him apart from uh Angus and he gets uh, banished. Uh and then yeah, he makes a new life for himself with uh Heather. Mm-hmm. Uh Somewhere else, and uh, that's when <laughs> Sean Connery shows up in the movie the first time. Um, <laughs> During a like,
0: love scene. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think,
1: yeah, yeah, at this point, that's, I think that, that's the point in the movie where, like, tonally everything just changes and it goes from being this weird sort of, is this guy a serial killer? And then it comes to this, like, big adventure because then this uh, uh, spa- quote unquote Spanish guy <laughs> shows up. <and laughs> right,
0: is, Spanish guy Sean Connery.
1: <laughs> and his extravagant uh, fella that um, uh, just to say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, you- we're brothers. We're brothers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it happens quickly, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, he he proves it, like or or he yeah. says, "When I walked up here, you felt that I was immortal." So yeah. so he's explaining, like you like you were saying, he he explains like the quickening and how it all works and who he is, and and then even trains him. He becomes kind of like a father figure character. And, which and, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's very truncated, but there's there's some good lines interactions where he goes uh, when they, when they're on the boat and uh he's like uh I, I cannot swim you stupid haggis like oh, yeah what is it what is a haggis and he explains the haggis <laughs> and he's like ah oh, disgusting and then he does like the most fake sneeze ever <laughs> he does <laughs> <laughs> knock him into the, <laughs> the water um and then he gets out of the water and uh he's basically explaining them because the thing is it's, like, weird is that like you, Connor isn't really convinced that he can't die. Yet, right, but, uh, yeah, right. Right. Fact... It happened
0: one time, but I yeah. mean, he wasn't yeah. conscious for a lot of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's like, I, yeah, but he, he finally understands. I hate you. He's like, oh, good. That's a perfect way to start.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, I love that whole scene of them bonding. Um, because I think it, it does a good job of like sort of catching the audience up to what's going on. Um, and also I I just think his relationship with um Ramirez is like is really good. It's it's kind of like like you're saying it, it lightens the tone of the movie. And gives you kind of yeah. like a little break because there's a lot, a lot more, you know, serious scenes to come. So, so it's yeah. kind of nice to have that little break, and it's it's yeah. a pleasant flashback for sure.
1: But also, he- also oh, go ahead. Yeah. sorry. Also, like it's more, it's more obvious, like in present day stuff that when the, the like there's a lot more like daytime scenes, so everything mm-hmm. seems a little less harsh And you see, yeah, just start to get like what Connor does, like because you, you you see him at his uh, antiques shop. last uh, mm-hmm. time after this. Um, and you see he's got a secretary, he's got a sort of father, he's got a father-daughter relationship with, which then sort of turns into a mother-son relationship when she gets yeah. uh, older. Which yeah. I thought was a really nice thing. Um uh as well. Um but yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it gets a lot more lively and eventually at this point, and uh but also, also starts to introduce the whole sort of the more tragic aspects of it where uh Rimini is exploring his history, romantic history and in, in the the, his loss and how he would he wouldn't want Connor to go through that, and mm-hmm. she's so trying to encourage him to leave Heather because they can't have they can't have uh, children, worlds. Uh, um, right? Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I thought that was a really interesting part of the of I guess like the 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 lore of being a Highlander because it seems like you know you can't have children, and also it doesn't seem like there's any female Highlanders at least in this movie. Um, in the movie, yeah, like, and, and
1: yeah. the wider, yeah, and the wider like franchise, they do uh, there the are female uh, immortals. Um, gotcha,
0: but I think it's also cl- a yeah. way to like sort of make it even sadder that they can't. I mean, unless you know, I, I mean, obviously, if they were interested in men, then I guess they could fall in love with an another immortal man. But if if they're you know interested in women, there's not any of them that are immortal, yeah. so that makes it even tougher.
1: Yeah, I mean the the, the TV show. Like because it because it was a TV show, yeah, they you had could more do, time. They, they, go, yeah. they go into more of this stuff. And like a lot a lot of thing with the TV show was it usually every week there would be some sort of flashback this to, to the Duncan McLeod and some sort of different time period, and it would it would be connected or at least thematically connected to the plot of this episode. Um, and like yeah, and and this movie, uh, most of that is just dedicated to like um, Colonel's backstory, and like you only the only other bit of that you get is when uh, the stuff with uh, his Secretary. In World War Two, and that little, that little gag scene where he's at the ju- he's having the duel in in 1783, mm-hmm. uh, and he just keeps letting the guy stab him over and over oh, again. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that was really funny. Oh. The, the duel, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But yeah. Um, what was it?
0: Uh, See, I think. Uh, so we talked about. Were you going to talk about uh, Heather's scene? I, or not yeah. either. Um, his his daughter. Does that happen in this part? There's a lot of flashbacks in this part for sure. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah
1: like uh, when when Connell's sort of going sort of going on a date with Brenda, though, he's really just going to go and confront her about how she wants the sort or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's certainly tied ties tie, which is what I mean. where the fact that she's also taking, she obviously, take, she obviously at some certain degree she switched, switched, and she was sort of taking care of him, and mm-hmm. she's basically trying to tell him. She's basically getting to the fact that he's he feels lonely, obviously. And he's right. trying to say, ah, I don't want to feel I've got you. And uh, yeah, it's like, like I say, it's like when and obviously at some point, like obviously for much of the the, the life that he would have probably been a father to her, but then she became sort of his mother. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: um, uh, and uh, yeah, but yeah, we we have the Heather stuff. I have to admit that yeah, Heather is a little underwritten as a character, <laughs> right? <to> <laughs> um, because she's just basically. She just wants to have a kid to him. He wants to have a kid. they her and happy, and uh, it's sad that uh, uh, she loses. Um,
0: yeah, I thought that that was important though because you know even like with his daughter, like I wasn't totally clear in the relationship. And it's kind of like as you get more flashbacks, as you get more of a, a bigger picture. Um, yeah. You know, she she tells him he's really lonely, but then we find out as the audience that he he loves someone and even stayed with her up until she died. And how painful yeah. that is and how basically any time he gets into a relationship with anyone, he would have to repeat that process. Yeah. I mean, even with his daughter, eventually he's going to see her die as well. Um, mm. And so, you know, she's sort of trying to tell him, I think it's worth that pain and loss. But for him, I think he's still trying to weigh in his mind whether or not he's sort of I, I think he's developing feelings for Brenda, but he's really trying to keep them away yeah. at this point and, no, and no, i think no, yeah.
1: yeah 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 no, no yeah, i do think the whole the whole thing with brenda is like i'm I'm not entirely sure where the attraction comes from because
0: <laughs> from her aspect when, for her side when, definitely not but from him when,
1: i because <laughs> what, what what actually leads to the consummation is like he proves he's immortal by killing himself front of her, and then as soon as he revives they then kiss and it's like yes i thought things? that was
0: so strange i was like do if somebody's yeah, I was like when he <laughs> stabbed himself, I was like that's that's not hot. I would leave <laughs> like, if I yeah. saw that. And and she's like convinced right away. She's like, "Oh, you stabbed yourself and you're still standing. You're definitely immortal, and that makes me attracted to you." It's like, why? But um but yeah, I think it's like one of those things where it's everything's happening kind of quickly, and so you're kind of just going with it. But yeah, from a realistic standpoint, I'm not sure she would she would yeah. necessarily be interested. <laughs> she may need um... more time to process.
2: That but I,
1: but, yeah, I can understand that at least they have something in common because being him being an ant- antique dealer and her being like expert on souls, it's probably got a lot of talk about. <laughs> oh, definitely! Has has I
2: mean,
0: that part of him is very appealing because he's literally he remembers everything. Like when he yeah. when they have that drink together, um when yeah. he pours that that brandy and tells her everything that happened that year. Not just because he knows about it, but because he was there. Like he he remembers it. So yeah. I thought that part was really cool.
1: Yeah. Um. And, like, uh, it's, it's, it's also, like, thinking about, like, that that corner did that for 11, it made me then wonder, well, what does Kurgan do? What did Kurgan do to make 11? Because when he, he shows up, he's got money, and but he doesn't seem to be... So I was, like, I'm really curious about, like, how he made ends meet. Did he just, like, rob everybody he killed?
0: Exactly. Or... He, he doesn't try very hard to disguise the fact that he's immortal. Yeah. Or, or disguise his intentions. So I don't know how he stays under the yeah. radar, but... He like, does. Yeah you, that, yeah,
1: you have that. You have that scene <laughs> later on where he's got he's got his head shaved and he's like, "I'm in disguise," but then he can pre- proceed to act as conspicuously as possible. Right, right. <laughs> make as much of a scene <laughs> ever and like kidnaps an old lady and goes on a real joyride with her strapped to the hood. And <laughs>
0: yes, that's so funny. That was a great
1: scene. <laughs> and like the stuff with the uh, pre uh, yeah, that's another thing that's interesting as well. Like when um, also showing Cornell's still remembering Heather is that he's. Like a candle for her on a birthday at the, at the church yeah was uh, so
0: sweet especially since but, like he's around for so long it seems like you know i'm he he mentions later that he, he's had more than one relationship right so like it's cool uh, that he really honors and really you know cherishes the people that that were in his life even though he's immortal and kind of interesting that he would do it you know in a church because i'm sure yeah. that would really dramatically alter how you see uh, you know, religion, but but he kind of just, I think he just sort of, like, respects and and wants to sort of pay homage to what she believed and what she thought. So I thought that scene was really sweet.
1: Yeah. Well, well, also, Connor would have logically been raised as Catholic. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, it's part from, of his background. His of life. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's also funny But you also get Kurgan, you also see, like, Kurgan's megalomania, um, where he's has no respect for anything that's going on, uh, and he's, like, harassing the nuns, and, uh, when the uh when the priest comes up to it <laughs> by props to that
0: priest for like i know
2: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> everybody else was like this is crazy but i'm just gonna like be over here now like try to yeah. run away but he's like you're interrupting the church you know and i was like man i i don't know if i would have approached him after seeing his behavior yeah. and how giant he is
1: but yeah now that he was like uh he cares for these mortals, like well, yes, my son. He, he died for our sins, and he goes that will be his undoing. And I'm yeah. like, so wait, does 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 the Cargan think that when he gets the prize, he's actually going to be able to take on God? It seems <laughs> that
0: way. It really seems like he thinks that uh that he's God, and that's another reason yeah. why he's so disrespectful in that church because he's like, I'm I'm better than all of you, and I'm I'm better yeah. than God. Yeah.
1: Oh, we you talk about this also establishes like something that I think is kind of interesting about. The, the, franchise and like what could that actually be quite uh cool about because you know they're doing you, you know that there's like being a, a, a remake mm-hmm. in the works for a while yes um,
0: yes yes with the director from john wick right or, or at yeah. least the producers yeah that that yeah. i i discovered that though researching this like i didn't realize that that's really cool I'm, yeah. are you excited stuff, about
1: that yeah because yeah. i love john wick and also mm, i think me that- too I also think that the, the fact that they have this experience of doing this, like, secret world of, like, killers who have rules also fits really well into what they're doing in High, what we do with Highlander. Definitely. Um,
0: Looking forward to those yeah. sword fights, for sure. I mean, that I feel like yeah. that aspect of it is going to be really good in the remake because, well, because of the director. Because he, he seems to really care about making those scenes feel authentic and look real and be in real time. And So, yeah, I think that could be really, really yeah. cool.
1: Uh, incidentally, who, who would you want to play... Uh, Connor in the remake oh my
0: gosh I don't know i I think oh man I don't know who 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 would you pick Tom Hardy Tom Hardy oh well I love him and everything so I mean I don't know if you can
1: actually do a Scottish accent but <laughs> I, I, I imagine so he could probably kick people off and he's a that,
0: chameleon i I feel like he could yeah
1: I don't think he's good he's got that intensity and definitely uh, yeah definitely like, he's got um, like a like,
0: ruggedness to him too uh I, you yeah. know he, he's he's just he is intense and he really disappears into his roles. so I I'd, I'd like yeah. to see his take on that for sure.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, but like but back to my point was that um but yeah they, yeah they actually do establish that when the when when immortals fight there's those rules like one on one um so, uh, swords only or like or like at least like hand hand weapons only uh, and uh, no fighting on holy ground. Um uh, mm-hmm. which is which is also like why they don't uh, um Connor and Corgan don't fight straight away when they meet in the church. Um though it's actually Kurgan has to remind them of that. Uh, and uh, it's like, it's, it's, I, do think, I do think it's good that he's like playing mind games with him because like he also, he also knows Connor wants to fight him but he's not letting him even though he's not really scared of him and he's mm-hmm. like saying he says he's he's just going to hang out in the church for a while um, but uh, you, also, you also see him like, later on when um, after, like, Con- Connor and Brent are talking and you see Corgan just like looming in the background uh, right he's always pretty nice little reveal before he kidnaps her um, and it's, again goes in like a very conspicuous driving
0: (laughs) he does i I did want to mention really quick in this scene is this where we first get like a close-up look of his scar because i feel like a curtains because i feel like the whole movie i didn't really pick up on that as much i think that Um, uh ramirez mentions it right he says that he almost died i think or, yeah, he, or did we uh, see
1: that? Yeah. Ramirez gave him the scar. The That's review. right. Okay. 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 And you actually see the scar for the first time when he goes to the motel and like, signs in because he, he, he... Oh.
0: I think I wasn't looking at it as yeah. much, but when he's like it leaning back out more, in the church, like, you I think really it see out it. More
1: in this, I think it stands out more in this scene because he's like trying to try and disguise it by putting um, safety pins through it.
0: Yeah. That was, that was scary him. looking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's also a little bit inconsistent with the rules because you would think that it w- there wouldn't be a scar because of, like, the mortal healing. Um,
0: yeah, maybe it's, like, so close to death that, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just something about it being his head. I don't know, mm.
1: but yeah. Um, but Oh, yeah, also funny, uh, well, yeah, funny story about that, the duel, the fight between Corgan and Ramirez is that the scene opens with uh, Corgan uh, jumping in and cutting the table in half, mm-hmm. and uh Colony Russell uh, uh well, sorry, Con-, con-, con director um, uh, yeah, Connery con- con- uh when he came in he accidentally hit it with the flat end of the sword which made a bit of it break off and like a shard went right over Connery's head and uh, Connery almost walked from the movie at that point and- Well because
0: <laughs> I don't think we mentioned it yet but the actor has trouble seeing right like things are oh, blurry he- to him yeah I-, I read that he has oh. like a condition uh, let me look it up but continue the story I'll look it up while you're doing that oh.
1: Uh, but yeah, but apparently, uh, Connery like uh, called a meeting, and Cl- and Clancy Brown apologized, saying, "I'm sorry, I was just really nervous because it's Sean Connery."
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's really intimidating, and then to like almost cut him is like <laughs> like the worst exactly, possible yeah. thing that could happen.
1: And Connery said was apparently gracious about it, but, but then said, uh, "But maybe we'll use my uh, stunt double more."
0: <laughs> right, that might be a good idea anyway. I'm gonna to try to find this fact, but I think that I read that uh, that Christopher Lambert like has blurry vision and struggles. Oh, Christopher with... Lambert does. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, oh. Were you talking about? Oh, that's right. You were talking about Kurgan. I'm sorry. For some reason, it, I, I was thinking of Connor, but it's it's uh, between him and Kurgan the the fight that you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Also, also, the fact that there's, um, they also talk about the quickening. Um, I can't remember. But, uh, did, did they actually say that when, they, when, 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 mortal, uh, when the mortal uh, kills another in this movie, that they actually absorbed all the power and experiences that that, that person has? Mm, I don't remember
0: him saying that. I thought it was just yeah. their powers, but their experiences in, too is like, that's a cool concept. I, I didn't realize it, yeah. that.
1: It's in the wider franchise, there was a thing where um, they would get all the knowledge as well. and mm. like, Well, that it makes kind sense because
0: you're getting all their power. Like, It would be nice to have the know-how with that, yeah.
1: It's sort of the basis in the third movie for how the villain has powers because um, he kills a sorcerer, and he and then after he nearly does that because the, the sorcerer was immortal. The, the, the quickening gave him the sorcerer's knowledge of magic, so he's, mm. he's so he has magic. And that's nothing. I think it'd be cool to do with the remake. Is that like uh, he'll uh, if like when Connor kills someone, uh, he'll he'll maybe gain a new skill that he didn't have before because that person knew it.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I really like that. I I, I don't know. I I have to go back and like rewatch it, but I don't remember him saying that. Um, I just remember him saying getting their power. But but I really like that idea though of getting their experiences too. That, I mean, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because like, cause, yeah, I was thinking about that when when uh, and when Corgan uh, first meets Colin in the battle, and he specifically wants to kill Connor himself and have no one else touch him. Uh, but it occurred to me that Corgan wouldn't be getting much out of that because Connor isn't really doesn't really have yeah. much. Strength or, or experience for corgi to absorb, whereas they probably would have got a lot from Ramirez if that was intact. In um, yeah,
2: for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. Cool. So yeah.
1: Uh... <laughs> oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just I, I that's my train of thought we're, we're going Oh to, no uh... worries,
0: no worries. Uh, let's see. Well, what what is the next part? It it, it is kind of tough in this movie because there's a lot of like things going on. Like, not at the same time, but some of the flashbacks feel oh. like they're happening simultaneously with the um <clears throat> the narrative structure, so it's kind of like, you gotta have to remember, because it jumps around a little bit, yeah.
1: yeah. No, no, I, 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 would, uh, I would have liked if there had been a little bit more with uh, Castigar, oh. the other mortal that uh, shows up for the gathering who's been friends with uh corner for a while as well oh the uh, guy
0: that he meets on the bridge and he's like Oh, yeah. it's been you know how Seems many like hundred years, years or something yeah it's been a hundred
2: years yeah right uh, yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's true you only see him quickly i feel like his role is really for later on when he gets killed for you to feel like you know he's losing everyone around him um yeah. that, that shares experience yeah. with him but yeah i do kind of wish
1: we got to see him more that, that's also done to set up the, the, the comical flashback to the duel, which that's but, right. But the thing
0: is, to the duel. The yeah. thing is, it's
1: it's, it's treated like Castigar was there, but he's not actually shown. Yeah, event, he kind of so. just goes,
0: "Remember when that happened?" But, but yeah, he wasn't there, so that's kind of odd that he's like, "Remember that?" But I don't know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah Kast- certainly seems like a cool guy, and like uh, like. Uh, he's not an example of a character with like a distinctive style, to because he fights with like a saber. And uh,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Was it, was it, is it it saber or is it like a samurai or something like something, It's a curved sword. Oh or man, sword. I'm
0: not great, honestly, with the sword <laughs> terms. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know very much about it. But uh, but it's interesting. Like, I mean, even you telling me like they all had different styles, and like I sort of picked up on that. But I feel like I'm yeah. gonna have to go back and really rewatch it and pay attention yeah. because. I, I don't think I I was clear on the different styles as much, but I I like that, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, so I think it's also another way just to show. I mean, it just flushes out the mortal conflict a little bit more that it that it's mm-hmm. it's just there's, there are more people involved in it. Um. Yeah. Uh, I had a
0: question about the gathering. Um. Yeah. So so is the gathering? That's not something that happens often. It was going to happen one time, right? And it's it happen- far it happens- in the future.
1: Or go ahead. The gathering is like when there's like a certain, there's like a low number of what was left. They'll all get a certain pool to go to a certain place. And that's where, that's where the final sort of basically round of fights will go to determine the, the the final one. I see. Um, so,
0: so it, they don't really get a date set for when this gathering happens no. until there's a certain number of them left. And it just it's took just, that long
1: for us it's to just get until, there. Yeah. It's just until people get, get cut down. There. And like I said, the, the sequels and TV series kind of complicated a little bit because the schools, the, the 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 TV series like in, introduced these um like like wider things in the lore like uh like immortals could step out of the competition uh if they wanted to um oh okay like like, like there's like this whole there's this like really really old immortal called Methos and he he stepped out of it and he like he reigned he he's organized some sort of like holy ground where immortals can just go and like it's a sort of a sanctuary we don't have to be involved in the fight and like that somehow doesn't the contest and that somehow doesn't uh, that somehow doesn't like affect them and uh, it, there's, a bit, there's a lot of continuity <laughs> squab quibbles with the, with the series because especially with Duncan as well because uh, I think presumably like D- Duncan coming out of uh, th- th- the, the, happen the, set- the events series happened after the the of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, little, it's a little confusing like how he's still there and also like uh, they just that and like also like immortals can, can pop up at any time as well right. um, and then that's not even getting to the fact that like the second movie like went uh, like, and, and like, basically tried to give them an explanation for what the prize was and what the origin was. And gotcha. it involves alien planets and reincarnation. Yes,
0: I, I saw that in a, I was watching some like behind the, stuff, <laughs> behind the scenes stuff and they're like, oh, you know, you find it later, they're aliens. And it's like, I, I think it's just one of those things where when yeah. um, the more that it goes on and like the more hands I think that touch it kind yeah. of, changes um, oh, yeah, yeah. creative differences basically so like when they do the remake maybe they're going to kind of like rein all that back yeah. in and create oh, like on, a new they, narrative
1: <laughs> they, they not only like, like completely ignore that in sequels and other things but they also like uh, Mulcahy because he directed the second one but he says that like all the things that people hate about it are from shooting and He he put out like a, a renegade cut that took as much of that stuff out as possible
0: right uh, right yeah yeah I saw yeah. that and I haven't seen the second one um, uh, So, so <laughs> But now, I've it's just got a very heard a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got a very memorable scene where uh, Colin Ramirez uh, need to get to this place, so they just take the director out of driving there at Phil Pell, and then he gets shot like a hundred times. And then they wake up <laughs> in the morgue like, well, that was easy. I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's, like, it's like, it's actually kind of like watching that scene, it's like, it's, it's incredibly violent, because you just see lot, dozens of bullets, um, what are they called? The uh, 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 the, the, the practical effect of your bullet things. Um, uh-huh. well.
0: uh, oh, uh, dang, I can't remember what they're called. Um, webs?
1: That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, you, you see a lot of those popping off of them and it's like, it's like Ashley <laughs> Sean to me in the scene and I'm like, well, he's, he was game for that. But, uh. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like, a viol- it's violent to see like a star yeah. like that be shot a bunch of times
2: like
1: also Michael Langside was the villain he was at least entertaining as well because he was just like he's a psycho metal alien overlord guy man sounds like the (laughs) second one's
0: pretty different
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, because like it's set in the future and like Connor used like the the knowledge from from the gift to like uh, create a force field that protected the world from global warming
0: (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) I'm gonna have to
1: watch this (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty bad, but it does entertaining things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, where, where were we?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, and yeah. Yeah, so I think, oh man, okay, so we were at.
1: Yeah, like Kurgan. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Kurgan had killed Gaston and then he kidnapped uh, Brenda. Um, and they have the final battle at the Silver Cup warehouse, uh, which is like a famous, it's a fairly well known landmark in New-, New York, isn't it?
0: Um, I think so. I, I, I'm not super know, familiar with it. Oh, it says the largest scene. television film production facility in New York. So I would say so. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a big, it's a big, uh, it's basically a big warehouse and they fight in, and, and like they fight in front of the big Silver Cup scene. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we also get, uh, I think the first time we get Christopher Lambert's signature chuckle. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is, but I think he's more well known for when he played Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah. He did- but he, yeah, like uh, before like the final sort of flurry blows, he like blocks the sword thing and he goes, hehe. it sounds
0: like evil or
1: creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny.
2: Um.
1: But yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, he kills. Uh, he kills Korgin, which also has this like weird effect where Korgin's eyes get. They have a close up on his face, and like they they give him contact lenses where his eyes are all black. um, Yeah, what that was about exactly maybe uh, just because
2: he
0: was like the most powerful one that he killed. I don't know. Like I I actually wondered at one point in the movie when he said that he was in disguise and he shaved his head. I couldn't tell if like that was true or if like as he was gaining more and more power, it was weirdly hurting him somehow. Like I wasn't sure. So even when this scene happened, I didn't really know if maybe that had something to do with it, yeah. you know? I don't know, I don't know. Also, did
1: but he have a tattoo like... on the left side of his head? Tunley, after he got shaved? <laughs> well? that, that's what, that, that seemed to be the case as well. Uh, um,
0: maybe so, I mean, maybe that goes back to the whole like, you know, gaining other people's experiences and things, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't think so, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was just, <laughs> it was just like, because, like... Or maybe because it was already would... there, and it
1: just yeah. grew up, the... but yeah. but yeah, but, and like, also... I said, like I said, Oh, go ahead. I'd, go love, ahead. To, I'd love to. i to. I just love to know a little bit more about what Cargan did between then and now. That's true. <laughs> so, that's true. I mean, and I mean, Connor
0: wins in the end, and he doesn't. It doesn't change him physically. So yeah, you're probably yeah. right.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, and like yeah, something something else made me talk about as well about the fact that um something that's really sort of uh cool about uh fantasy movies from like this era uh, and earlier is that because it's like an era because an era there wasn't like a lot of CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have, to re- they have to really do a lot of practical stuff and actually like film in real locations and uh, it gives this sort of dark and grittiness feel to things uh, as well to what's yes. going on although uh,
0: I think that in one of the scenes where there was like an explosion do you see Connor on wires
1: yeah, that, when, yeah. When he, there's like one gets, part
0: I saw that really quick.
1: <laughs> when he when he when he wins the prize and yes, the final quick yeah, ending. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was because I was watching it in high definition for the last time. But, yeah, uh,
0: I mean that could have been the case for me too. You know, because yeah. when maybe it's just more obvious there. But there's all yeah. sorts of movies that have like little goofs like that in them. So
1: yeah, not a but big I, deal I, at all. I was thinking the fact that when he's when he's going for the prize and there's like all these I don't know, specters and demons like swirling. Yeah, him, and, like, I like I I I thought did, that, that
0: looked really cool. Yeah.
1: Like it's rotoscoped and it's rather than like CGI and like uh yeah. Um, but yeah, like so yeah, like just that whole that whole era when when they do things like that. I mean obviously mm-hmm. yeah, like budget be budget is limited, but there's a certain feeling of reality to it, like this and uh Excalibur, um uh-huh. by uh, by Borman. Was it uh, yeah. Like the some similar similar yeah.
0: For sure. I mean they have to get creative when the budget is limited and when they yeah. don't have CGI like like you're mentioning, so it's cool yeah. to see what they come up, what different directors come up with uh, artistically. Um, yeah, cause
1: yeah. I, I, I was reading as well that like to do the sparks from the swords, they actually strap car batteries to the legs. That sounds uh, so
0: insanely dangerous. <laughs> and, yeah,
1: apparently <laughs> after, after a couple of strikes, they, they stopped because uh, the hands were heated up.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it just sounds so dangerous. Like it, it really sounds like somebody could have been like zapped to death or something. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and and how and how when Ramirez is fighting Corgan and the the castle is like exploding and crumbling around them, like there was like they did like very simple things like that. Like there was like guys with fishing rods pulling on the scenery to make it fall off. Oh
0: my gosh, it sounds so risky.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I, 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 well. I mean, obviously, that seemed like that's like a that's like a set, and like, that is on oh, a okay, sound okay, stage, yeah. and like the it's not actually stone coming down. It's like oh, well, yeah, head. yeah,
0: of course not. But I just mean like the 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 actors being close to stuff that's like falling down. It's kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but definitely yeah. safer than the car battery thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Trunk ended up being decapitated, or people do ever by that shell
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Thankfully,
0: that did not happen.
1: So yeah, and then so then he wins the prize, um, and it's interesting that he kind of gets overwhelmed by it. Uh, Similarly, I think he actually literally says, "It's overwhelming me." Or, <laughs> or <something>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, again, that that's another thing that's kind of that kind of added to the lore. In, 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 in the future was that like you could get maybe corrupted by someone else's uh, quickening if you, if you yeah were a good yeah.
0: I mean that makes sense uh, if you're gaining yeah. all their experiences and stuff that maybe you would be persuaded to the dark side depending on how many people's yeah. experiences you're getting.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, and like yeah, and like the the film ends with uh uh like that whole mother mist, that whole murder case just apparently being dropped <laughs> and Yeah. Uh,
0: Connor <laughs> and like, oh, we can't prove it. Oh well, you seem like a good guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Con- Connor and Brenda moved to move 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 apparently moved back to Scotland and uh uh, Cardinal's apparently the messiah now because he knows everything and he knows he understands people and he can apparently uh, help people if he wants to. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and he can also get he have kids now apparently. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So like the prize is that you become mortal, right? Too, or is it just that he uh, can have kids and stuff and, and have uh, those powers?
1: Uh, like I said, it's it's confusing.
0: Mm, okay, okay, it's <laughs> not clear. <laughs> yeah, because because yeah. in some. Like summaries I've read, it says, you know, now he's also mortal too. It's like and I think that's kind of a neat idea too. He does, if you he, live for a yeah. long time, it's kinda of like maybe you would want some finality. I mean we don't he know. Does, yeah.
1: He does age and <clears throat> That's right. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. But then when he gets fast, first quick and he ages, and uh I can't remember if it was like if he if he if he ages because he just was mortal or if it was because he gave up the power and like that is uh,
0: maybe it's like a choice at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, okay. I,
1: but like I say, I like all those all those sequels just contradict it so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of different hands, uh, yeah. touching it. <clears throat> and those
1: comics and anime series, including an anime. Yeah, I saw of-
0: that when I was watching like the the you know top ten things you don't know or it was something like that. But they were yeah. talking about an an, an animated movie, an anime, and I was like, ooh, I I would like to see that. I feel that. The story is pretty well suited to something like that, and they were actually saying it's probably stronger than like any of the other movies, uh, besides yeah, so, the first one too.
1: So it's, uh, for what I remember, it's not Connor. It's like a, it's, they make up another McLeod, and it's uh, kind okay. of a quasi-futuristic thing. Um, and it's not really for. It's not. It's not like it, it's not really that connected to the movies plot. But, but, but yeah.
0: Yeah, they do that a lot where they'll kind of like reinvent it a little bit. I, I would be yeah. interested to see that though. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: There was, there was a Saturday morning cartoon version as well, which was <laughs> also, like, set and like, it was, like, pluck- it was, like, it was, um what was his name in it? um I think it was Quentin, Ma- Quentin McCloud, and it was, like, another futuristic post-apocalypse fighting evil overlords thing, and, like, Ramirez was in it, but he was, like, a friendly mentor, and... Yeah, no I saw some clips of
0: it, and I was like, mm. <laughs> the animation did not look great.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it seemed like it did not last long, and I hadn't heard of that. Where whereas the anime, the other animated one, the anime one, I yeah. vaguely like when whenever they showed clips of it, I was like, I think I've heard of this before. Yeah,
1: it looks it looks it looks a little bit like housing. Yeah, I it
0: did it did or like a um, it kind of reminded me of like had like a Castlevania type vibe too. Yeah, yeah.
1: oh yeah,
2: <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to
1: check that uh, out. So, yeah, uh, like, so that in terms of, like, the plot and all that, yeah, that, that, that's that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, though, from talking to you, uh, there's, like, just a lot of nuances I didn't pick up on about, you know, the different, like, sword fighting um, yeah. and, and and what the powers he gains are and, like, the experiences and all that. So, like, I feel like there's just so much there, like, in a way, because the film doesn't explain all that stuff, it just leaves a lot yeah. of room to, like, sort of build out a universe from it so I can see why you know, fans want more movies, more uh content to to digest and explore those things. So that's I yeah. think the idea of it is like really cool. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Um and we talked about like the queen on the soundtrack, but what do you think of the actual score? Because I thought that was pretty good as well, pretty nice as well. No, was... I,
0: I really liked it a lot. Um I, I love when you sort of marry those two things. I always think I feel like there's a really big crossover when it comes to like medieval stuff and rock and roll yeah. or or, you know, metal or something like that. So I kind of like actually, like, Queen a little bit more than when they do it, like, with metal. Uh, because I just think, like, uh, you know, his singing style, of Freddie Mercury's singing style, like, I don't know, it just, like, fits perfectly with it somehow. Yeah. Even though it's, like, a completely different era, a completely different style. But I think, I don't know, I hope that in the remake that they reuse Queen songs or do something similar. I, I almost feel like mm-hmm. they're going to have to, because I think fans love Queen so much I can't imagine that they will leave that out like I yeah. think it's too it's too important in the movie to leave out
2: basically yeah, yeah.
1: but but also like the, the the orchestral stuff stuff as well I quite liked as well like um the there's like there's like like so yeah Prince of the Universe is like the big like sort of like the big theme in terms of soundtrack but there's also um Highlander theme which is uh the what plays during the training montage uh I quite like I quite I really quite enjoy that. It's, it's very epic and very like sort of period act, period um yeah, appropriate. Yeah, it's coming. a
0: little more consistent with the time period than some of the other like rock songs when they were like in yeah. modern day and stuff. Yeah, no, I like that too a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. it's cool that they were like inspired to just provide more music for it.
1: Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, cause uh yeah cause, yeah, cause like uh Yeah, it was it was through Mokali Mokai being uh uh Music radio director, and as well, he got he's able to get, get in contact with them, wasn't it?
2: Um, hmm, I don't know.
1: Because, yeah, the interview said it because he said, because he, he said, um, um, by this point, my career, they were calling a few favors, and he said, he said, he sent them the, the footage and to see if they'd want to do a song for it.
0: Uh, oh, gotcha, yeah, 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 that's yeah. true, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Well, I, I did want to mention really quick that, um, since I kind of referenced it earlier with Christopher Lambert, yes, yeah, he had uh, my, myopia. <laughs> I hope I'm saying that oh, right. Oh, yeah. And so, like, he couldn't see very well. And I was, I was watching a video where they were saying, like, why didn't they give his character glasses in modern day? Because, you know, like, it made it very hard for him to fight the whole movie. Right. Um and, and kind of dangerous, too. Does that also maybe
1: explain his intense <clears throat> style? I think
0: so. Like, maybe it's not so much a stare is unfocused because he can't see very well. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I can't believe, like, that's really cool that the director was so willing to work with him on all that because I feel like that kind of story in other movies, like, they might just recast someone. Like, I'm sorry, but you don't speak great English and you can't see very well. Like, we're just going to replace you. But they must have really, really appreciated his casting choice to, like, shoot around that and work around that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. M- Mokai said it was like they they shopped around a lot of different people, and it, it was when he saw him in Tarzan that mm-hmm. he got the idea to cast him. That he said that because as the way it has like there's something about his eyes that make him look um, older than he is, and and, and all that, and mm-hmm. yeah, and what that intensity, so, yeah, yeah, definitely,
0: cool. yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see, did we cover anything? Anything else you kind of wanted to throw in there?
1: Uh, let me see. No, no, pr- pretty much. Uh, uh, I've that one Okay, um, cool.
0: Well, um, then, uh, let's go ahead and go on to our last couple of questions here. Um, I know we've talked about this movie a lot and, uh, I think I have a pretty good sense of your answer here, but, but what keeps you coming back to this movie? Why do you think you've seen it so many times?
1: Uh, it's just very cool. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and it just makes, it just makes me feel cool to be Scottish. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's really cool. Like, that's an angle I had not thought of. Like, I mean, I think we need some more Scottish heroes out there, mainly just for people like me that are like, I not very cultured and don't know anything about, you know, Scotland. I mean, I don't know very much. I, I, mean, I would say at
1: least, no, always at, at least let Gerard Butler uh, play a Scottishman now and again, rather than just always be yes. American with a weird accent. Um, I think for me, you know,
0: I definitely want to see this again, especially after a conversation. I always feel that way after I do these episodes because there's just so yeah. much I clearly missed. Um, which happens sometimes when you see a movie yeah. and you yeah. see it kind of just run through real quick. Because I felt like I walked away with uh with some questions about how a lot of the stuff worked, uh, in terms yeah. of them being immortal. But that kind of open endedness and not explaining everything gives you like a lot of room okay. to sort of explore it, I which mean- is why I think there's so many different uh, why some of the sequels may even sometimes contradict or be different is because yeah. they're sort of trying to explore those avenues that are set up in the movie, but not really totally explained.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, yeah I, I, I do admit those like a bunch of weeps and uh, some loose some ends that uh, <laughs> the movies leave. Sure, but, but yeah, overall, yeah.
0: <clears throat> they can be explored in future iterations, though.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: let's put it that way. Uh, so what what would you say to someone that's never seen this movie before? Like, how do you pitch it to someone?
1: uh it's just a very uh it's a very unique action fantasy movie of of the 80s that um you know knows how to have fun with what it is uh but also like has a little bit of uh substance to it as well
0: yeah no I agree with that I think for me like Highlander is like one of those things the the series the concept of it it's one of those things it was like I always felt like it was something uh that I was not in on like a joke or club or something you know I felt like I was on the outside of I was like man there must be a reason why everyone likes this so much and I really needed to sit down and just watch this all the way through I think to understand it it's kind of like when people that don't watch like Doctor Who are trying to understand why are Doctor Who fans so into this you know it's like you kind of have to get inside the the, (laughs) the the universe that it's set in um so so that's what I would say, you know, there's a reason why people are so invested in these characters and why it's such a big cult classic. I think that's the hallmark of any cult classic uh, is that there's just like a lot there for the fans to kind of attach to and, and get a hold of. So so I would say, you know, you definitely should see it because, you know, it does yeah. have such a big following. It is a really cool and unique uh, fantasy, I guess, almost sci fi action period drama. Yeah. You know, it's got a I mean, lot going for a, on.
1: For a movie, yeah, for a movie that's very cool, has actually been, has, like, lasted for, like, 32 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really uh, has. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, uh, franchises, like, Stargate or anything else like that that's just sort of taken on a life of its own after after the first movie. So, so yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, so, Stu, thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really Bye. appreciate yeah. having you on here. Um, you're going to have to come back. You're going to have to come yeah. up with an idea of another movie to talk
1: about. Well, well I've already given you a couple of ideas. Uh, awesome. And i have awesome. another one. Because th- there was a movie that, that I was actually thinking about it a while ago that I was actually surprised that hadn't been called on the show, but uh, maybe we could do that. But uh, maybe not. We'll see. Oh,
0: no, no worries. I mean, if, if someone hasn't called it yet, more than likely it's yours. So
1: And th- so. thank you for having me on. Uh, oh, well, for sure.
0: Good. Thank you for being, like I said, I I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you are like, you're like our first international guest, which is amazing. Yeah. And so thank you so much for, for being so flexible and for, for talking with me about this. And I just, I feel like kind of blessed in a way that like I got to talk about Highlander with someone from Scotland. So that's really, really cool. Thank you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> right, thank you.
0: <laughs> Have a good one.
1: You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I had a total blast discussing Highlander with Stu, and I hope you guys did too. Uh, if you have any feedback on this episode or any others, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter under AYALisaCosplay. I'm also on Instagram under AYA, and as a Nancy, A-M-I, Lisa. And in our closed Facebook group, I Love That Movie. Our group is closed, but if you just send me a request, I'll add you. It's just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment-free and my only rule is keep it positive if you like what you heard today please subscribe and rate the show if you leave a positive review on itunes you'll be entered to win a 20 dollars gift card to movie theater chain of your choice Uh, right now we're at 21 positive reviews guys and once i get to 30 i'm gonna draw another name so please leave a review today thanks so much again and i look forward to hearing from you